0: Hello and welcome to Motive Insights, the Motive Partners podcast where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. the Motive Insights Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dan Globison, who is the Head of the Bank of APIs at NatWest Group and has been really responsible for driving the culture of API enablement across the bank. Dan, welcome. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate the invitation we got to start with the title, Head of the Bank of APIs. That's a title that shows real intent. And knowing a lot of the characters and leadership at NatWest Group, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. Tell us a little bit about what Head of the Bank of APIs means. Thanks, Sam. It's
1: it's actually a great question. Bit of a mouthful there, Head of the Bank of APIs. But um, I think like a fair number of banks, particularly here in the UK, we do have open banking programs in whole or in part related to regulation in the space, both pan-European regulation pre-Brexit, PSD2, as well as uh, regulation within the United Kingdom from our Competition and Markets Authority around open banking. And I think one thing that's different, and the change in naming is probably aligned with that, is that we felt at NatWest for quite a long time that API enablement was important Important to our customers, maybe words that they didn't understand around APIs, didn't appreciate it, but really important in terms of us being able to externalize services and offer some really incredible and innovative propositions to our personal and business customers. We talk about that a bit more, but as we pivoted past open banking regulation and into that world of true API enablement, we wanted to make sure that internally and externally, that it was recognized that our intent is to keep going in this space and to uh, provide some really great, unique experiences for our customers and the UK economy at large. Awesome. Thank you. And we've gathered here today really to talk a little bit about the Open Finance
0: Challenge. And there's a ton of other stuff I want to talk to you about, but you have tuned in from Spain. but You're on holiday and you've generously given us your time. And I'm all too aware that I'm standing in between you and a beautiful lunch and probably a siesta. So we will be (laughs) sharp and concise on this stuff. Let's start with the Open Finance Challenge. So NatWest Group came together with three other leading banks around the world and the Motive Partners API infrastructure provider, Uli's. And you joined forces to run a, I guess it's the first of its kind, virtual global open finance challenge taking place in October and November. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what
1: the organizations who are coming together are seeking to do? Yeah, first thing first, our CEO, Alison Rose, has worked in collaboration, cooperation with a few other banks, National Australia Bank, obviously down in Australia. We've got CIBC in Canada and ITEO in Brazil. So fairly good global coverage, some banks that have some commonalities in terms of a huge amount of focus on their home countries with a bit of regional business as well. And we sought to work together and quietly, to be honest with you, it's not a, not a marketing exercise for us, to solve some unique challenges that we thought we could do better together. One of them you may have heard of probably about a month ago, Project Carbon, where the four banks are working together to try and solve for some um, discontinuity or differences in how carbon is accounted for and the like, which is a really great opportunity. And in this case, we've been talking about open banking because you know in the UK, we've had open banking live starting in 2018. And, And Australia and Brazil have fallen on Brazil most recently, and Canada is now getting real serious about it. So we thought, you know, that might be a great area to think about working together. So we shared a lot of experiences and a lot of innovative ideas about what could we do with APIs and open banking and moving beyond just the regulation. And uh, we came upon this, this idea that we'd love to attract global innovators, fintechs, established fintechs, startup fintechs, university teams, big techs, and the like and that we really wanted to see some true innovation in the API space. So we've opened up those four sandboxes in collaboration with ULIS, and those sandboxes feature not only our live APIs that are in our respective markets, but also dozens of prospective APIs or experimental APIs. And we're looking forward to working with some really great people around the world to see what they can do and what they can propose for our customers. Dan, what's the process? So these fintechs, universities, innovators
0: from all different walks of life are gonna come together innovate and then present back to who is that there, there's a panel tell us a little bit about the process yeah and i think sam
1: that's what really makes it a bit distinct and a bit unique we've got a few rounds as you'd expect we've got three challenges first of all that just in brief those three challenges from which teams can choose to pick one are around things like embedded finance so how can we deliver products and services to customers and channels they may find more relevant or more convenient so beyond our own kind of mobility banking channels that's really around embedded finance. We've got something on digital services, which is how can we as banks provide services to businesses and corporates? that not only help drive their success, but the emergence of digital economies. You might see things like, I don't know, digital IDs and payment platforms and the like in there. Certainly we're not trying to lead the witness. There'll be a lot of innovation there. And lastly, but certainly not leastly is sustainability. How can we help our customers, both personal and business customers make more informed decisions about sustainability? And I think that's another great one. So in picking one of the categories, teams register for the challenge. We're probably expecting teams to be about four to six in size. They must use one or more of the APIs. We don't have lots of them. They must present a working prototype. We expect mostly apps, probably phone apps, but however that might be. And we expect some real innovation in that space. And as they enter the challenge, there'll be a week in October. They're not limited to a week. You know, Use the sandboxes whenever you like, but a week in October of 24 by seven activities, Sam. And that's uh, technical support, business mentorship, leadership, lots of content, some some of the world's leading VCs, et cetera. And so some really good things happening during that week. So you can really develop a proposition and learn how to pitch it. And then we start to whittle that down a little bit, as you might expect, through a round or two, might call them semifinals. But where we end up is a smaller group that make it through to the finale. And that finale is judged by our four bank CEOs. And as you know, getting time on their calendars is nothing short of a miracle. As well as Chief Technology Officer of Amazon, Werner Vogels. He's got about 300,000 followers. So, we're hoping some people get excited there and uh, a few huge VCs, I think uh, Rob Havert, your very own Rob Havert is one of them, but there may just well be a
0: few others. That's awesome, and tell me a little bit about what the winners are gonna get. So a sustainability innovation proposition comes forward. You guys love it, the four bank CEOs, Rob Havert, the CTO of Amazon think this thing's gonna change the world. Where next?
1: Yeah, so it's a good question. And one thing I wanna certainly say is that just being part of the challenge, we think is gonna be an amazing experience. And not just for startups, not just for pre-seed round teams, but for anybody. Established fintechs are going to get a huge amount of exposure on a global stage, particularly in some markets they may not be working with. And I think innovation is a two-way street as well. So they may also learn quite a bit about how other markets operate. So we think one of the prizes is everyone's a winner, of course, by just being part of the challenge. But those that are named the winners and will have a challenge winner per challenge, so three of those, plus an overall winner, they're going to get a few things number one, and probably, you know, the billboard sign would say proof of concept. And so each of the four banks is going to stand up a dedicated in-bank team, Sam, and that team's going to actually support a proof of concept. And, you know, the winners and the banks can sort out, is it just one bank for each proof of concept? Is it more than one? You know, we've got some flexibility there. And, you know, what does the proof of concept look like? Is it working with customer research teams? Is it putting some things in customer hands? Is it co developing the proposition? Is it sorting out how to scale, et cetera? So there's a proof of concept with one or more banks in there for each winner. There is interaction, which each of the bank's ventures teams, whether it be for direct investment or partnership or external investment direction. So we think there's some fair amount of value there. There's ongoing guidance with senior leadership of banks, not just technology, but business leadership to talk about potential partnerships, Sam, as well as feedback, feedback around how the market segment works and the like. We've also got teams on the ready to help those challenge winners understand local markets. So how do things work in our local market? How does regulation work? What are the customer segments look like? We've got Amazon, our partners in this Amazon Web Services. They'll be providing the winners with solution architects to help those teams understand how to scale, whether it be from zero. Or potentially, even a platform that's already in the market that innovation's been built upon, Amazon can come in and help with questions around scaling and functional design and the rest. That's pretty good as well, and a few other bits, but I think those are the highlights for sure. This
0: stuff is so exciting. And I mean, seeing this kind of leading innovation is exactly what we at Motive Partners live for. And I'm really hopeful and somewhat expectant that we too can find some interesting use cases from the winners and maybe not even the winners, maybe the other participants as well across our partner and portfolio ecosystem at Motive. Thanks, Dan. And yeah, I can't wait for this to kick off. So when does it kick off? What's the process? If people hear this and they're interested, what's the next step? Where do they go? How do they register interest? How do they get
1: involved? So we make it easy. www.globalopenfinancechallenge.com. Kind of does what it says on the tin there that provides some good insights into how does everything work. Registration deadline is the 26th of September. So timing is perfect right now. And from there, I just need to have a couple of qualification questions and other things to make sure there's actually a team there that has some skills and other things. And then uh, assuming you jump into the challenge, that challenge, as we mentioned, is uh, later on in October, is the 18th the 24th or thereabouts. And then we work our way through a few rounds till we get to a finale and there'll probably be about a dozen or so teams in the finale, and that'll be November the 16th with the CEOs and our other industry legends. So pretty straightforward. And I think one thing Sam worth saying is that this isn't the usual, this is new, it's different. There's some real intent here on behalf of four banks. It's not a marketing exercise for us in any way, shape or form. This is truly about identifying real innovation and innovative teams out there around the world. And that, again, could be a fintech that already has product in the market, is quite successful, may even be a unicorn. But they like to show how they could take potentially some of their current product and tie that in with some of what we're doing in terms of externalizing services and come up with something new and different. So great opportunity there just the same for startups and others. But again, I think it should be very, very attractive. And we do want our audience to know that it is a bit different and we're looking for partnership here. We're not looking for a big splashy ad in the newspaper that say, hey, we've done this. That's not the intent at all. The intent is really finding partners. And as you've highlighted, not just the four challenge winners, I think there's a lot of opportunity across the board.
2: Did you know, Motive Partners has a weekly newsletter It's called Motive Insights, it comes out every Sunday morning and it's packed with everything you need to know about financial technology from our team of experts. You can subscribe at
0: MotivePartners.com. You talk about innovation and open banking, open banking in the UK was launched in 2018, we were one of the first markets in the world to go and I think we've been a great test case for the opportunity that open banking can create. But as it starts to mature, there's a huge amount of leading edge innovation that's happening. That's making a real difference. It's making a difference to the banks. It's making a difference to the fintech ecosystem. But perhaps most importantly of all, it's making a difference to the companies and the consumers that it's serving. Can you tell us down a little bit about, I don't know, some of the coolest innovation you're seeing being right on the front line?
1: You know, there's a whole lot of it, Sam. And I think innovation is one of those things that comes in all shapes and sizes and usually not what's necessarily expected. So I think at the outset of open banking and the UK was probably really the first market to go live, not, you know, nine of the largest banks, including NatWest Group, early first quarter of 2018. And I think at the time, there was a lot of discussion around, you know, personal financial management and other great opportunities there, all of which, you know, kind of spawned an industry in these solutions and they've helped certain customer segments. But by and large, a lot of that was expected. I think the unexpected is when we get into some of the opportunities we've seen around Let's see what's exciting. Sustainability. Sustainability, taking bank information, transactional information, tying that together with global databases and other sources of carbon outputs and the rest. And this is just scratching the surface right at the very front of this, you know, helping consumers make more informed decisions. This will certainly evolve over time, but I think that's a great space. I know that we in NetWest actually worked with a, a startup called Kogo. And we're doing some amazing things by now integrating. So there's a great example of open banking, open finance, creating an opportunity of fintech coming to the table saying, we've got a unique way to look at this by taking some of this data, some of that data, piecing it together with some other things, a little AI, et cetera, and coming up with insights that help people. And not only did we find it interesting, we found it interesting enough to integrate into our mobile app, which is what's happening. I think open banking payments are pretty cool. I think in the early days, you know, maybe not hugely exciting yet. I think it's going to take some time to adopt open banking payments, but, you know, a few seconds in a faster payments network for payments to land is great. Huge boon for merchants, not just in terms of fees, but in terms of liquidity, which I think is a good thing as well. But I think it's also what could you include within an open banking payment, whether it be a smart contract or digital identification or the rest. I've seen some really cool stuff out there with sharing of bank credentials as ways to log into other services or sharing some of those credentials to help sign up for other services. Also some great things around thin file credits. I think some unique ways to look at credit in the market where credit otherwise hasn't necessarily been available. So I think there's been some cool stuff, Sam. And you've talked about open finance just then. So we are starting
0: to see that shift away from regulatory mandated open banking APIs to that broader set of API-based services and products and industries known as open finance. I think it's safe to say that open banking and open finance are here to stay, and there's a huge amount of innovation being built on top of them. One of the things we spend a lot of time at Motive Partners, and particularly at Motive Create, our innovation and value creation arm of the investment platform, Around building out capabilities to support financial institutions, and particularly with ULIs, the platform that's being used for the global open finance challenge. What strategies and capabilities do you think that financial institutions need to employ to capture these new opportunities?
1: Good question, really good question. And you know, Sam, there's probably a lot of different opinions out there, as you'd expect, whether open finance or open data or open banking is something to embrace. Something to call an opportunity, but maybe not mean it, or something to defend against and uh, you know postpone it in all ways possible. But I do think that looking beyond regulatory mandates, or regulation and open banking, which effectively drives an industry forces an industry when in banking or beyond in some of the open data initiatives out there to open up and allow customers to share data and initiate different kinds of services like payments, I think there is a big decision to make for incumbent institutions in any industry and certainly in banking, which is, How do we become an important part or how do we continue to become an important part of society? How do we become an important part of an emerging digital economy? What role do we have? And I think it's a really good question to ask. And I think in particular around open banking, we talk a lot about banking in terms of accounts, in terms of payments and the like. We shouldn't forget that banks have been around for hundreds of years providing trust services as well. Banks have been a store of safety and security for physical assets. Banks have been a guarantor of who you are, notaries and guarantees and the rest. And I think from that perspective, for banks to continue to be important, I think they need to think through the lens of how do we deliver those types of services in a digital world? And if we were to do so, clearly APIs and externalizing those services is a way to go, as well as how do we reach customers, both existing customers and new customers? How do we drive out some great products and services and how do we land those in the market? I think that's where we think a lot about embedded finance and uh, how we connect to customers in different ecosystems that aren't necessarily our own. I was going to say, I think the three
0: areas that you've identified as part of the challenge are tackling those beautifully embedded finance for the new channels, digital services for the new types of products, and then sustainability, which is becoming increasingly and critically an area of focus for businesses of all shapes and sizes. They've clearly been thoughtfully chosen. Dan, we're coming towards the end of our time here. So I'm going to ask you a couple of slightly quicker fire questions, and, and these are totally unscripted. So you go ahead, Sam, and I'll ask you to be kind. <laughs> of course, I'll be kind, Dan. We Each other too well not to be. So, Dan,
1: what excites you the most about the financial technology industry today? The speed of innovation is what excites me most. The focus on customers as part of that excites me in a huge way. It's an amazing time to be part of financial services, it's an amazing time to be part of digital ecosystems. And I guess, you know, when I think about open banking and banking in general, I just think about how would that feel as we cover more and more, as we cover, you know, all financial services, institutions, and well beyond. What are some of the biggest challenges you think we're going to face in the years to come? I think a few things, and in no particular order, to be perfectly clear, Sam. I think one is the public's hesitance to share data in a world where there's a lot of news stories around data leakages, around misuse of data. I think, for instance, banks have fortunately done well. Banks historically haven't been great leveragers of data. And in that sense, I think the public trust banks with data and privacy and the research would indicate as such. But I think just generally speaking, sharing, I think also once we move beyond big incumbent, highly digital institutions like banks, when we look at smaller institutions, smaller firms, it can be quite complex to move from legacy to modernity, quite complex and expensive to move into APIs. And that could cause some delays out there. So those, those are some of the things which I think we need to work through, both you know the scale of the participants, how digital they are today and how capable they are of being uh, really digital tomorrow in the API space, as well as comfort in how data is shared and making sure that the public, both consumers and businesses, feel like they're in control of their data, who has it, and what they're doing with it. I've got the head of the Bank of
0: APIs on the line, so I would be remiss not to ask, where does crypto go?
1: (laughs) Well, first, Sam, I'll preface that by saying there's a lot of really smart crypto people out there, and it's not an API question per se. I think crypto is going to be a really interesting space. Listen, I've been in technology and finance my whole life. It's what I studied. It's what I do, and I love it. And crypto is an interesting uh, phenomenon. I guess the number one thing that comes to mind in crypto space is there are a fair number of central banks that probably don't want to uh, face the loss of control of economic policy. And so for me, that'll probably put some occasional breaks on things and keep things maintained to a given size. But that's just my personal view, and certainly not one of NatWest's (laughs) group. And finally, perhaps
0: most importantly, because I'm looking out the window and the rain is coming down, what's on the agenda this afternoon in Spain?
1: So I am located right now in Zahara de los Atunes, which is a mouthful. It means desert of the tuna. It is in southwest Spain, north of Tarifa, south of Cadiz. And we had a little bit of rain this morning, which is very unusual, but it's clearing up. And this afternoon, I will probably be eating quite a bit of raw tuna, probably a glass of white wine and uh, thinking about how much I enjoyed my time with you this morning.
0: Dan, thank you. On a number of levels, thank you for taking time out of your family vacation for our podcast. And thank you for telling us, most importantly, about the Open Finance Challenge. And to remind those listening, if this is something that interests you, which if you're an innovator, an entrepreneur, a creator, an imagineer, it should, go to www.globalopenfinancechallenge.com and get your application in before the 26th of September. And don't forget, this is going to give you access to innovation and the capabilities distribution and hundreds of years of expertise at NatWest, CIBC, Itau, NAB. What an incredible opportunity. Dan, thank you so much. And thank you for being a leader and driving force behind innovation in this space. Thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time and insights. And thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Sam. See you next time.